Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Abortion is a hard issue. I'm pro-life, so we're here to reverse Roe v. Wade. This is about lack of respect for women. Fix the supply chain crisis. I can't promise that every person will get every gift they want on time. Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. The Omicron variant in the United States. There will be more cases. Unnecessary and dangerous government shutdown. Roe versus Wade. How the Supreme Court will rule. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views for a political trivia Thursday. We'll play in a little bit. Uh, your category today, Teddy Roosevelt. Get ready to dial in because we've got a good prize package, and it will go quick. I always uh, test these questions. This one went real quick. So uh, get ready. We'll do that about uh, 540. Uh, East Carolina has uh, signed Mike Houston, football coach, to an extension through 2026, according to sources. ESPN is reporting that East Carolina has secured a winning season for the first time in seven years and now has locked up head coach Mike Houston with an extension through 2025. Your deal is Houston's name has been mentioned a few times for other head coaching jobs including duke and virginia tech i've uh, had a pretty good season stop and think about this three of ecu's five losses this season were by four or fewer points or in overtime and the pirates closed the regular season by winning four of their last five games and they will appear in the military bowl up in annapolis maryland on december the 27th they will face an ACC opponent. Chances are it will be Virginia Tech. Perhaps, perhaps it'll be uh, North Carolina. We'll see. Governor Roy Cooper has vetoed a bill that would have set Election Day as the deadline for mail-in absentee ballots in the future North Carolina elections. Cooper's rejection of Senate Bill 326 marks his 13th veto this year and his record-extending 66th veto since taking office in 2017. Again, he has had more vetoes than every other governor combined in the history of North Carolina. The legislature ironically named the bill the Election Integrity Act when it actually does the opposite, Cooper said in a prepared statement. Election integrity means counting every legal vote, but this bill virtually guarantees that some will go uncounted. So they're all concerned about legal, right? Well, it was Josh Stein and his state board of elections that on their own usurped the North Carolina legislature, the body that makes election laws in North Carolina, and extended the deadline to count absentee ballots nine days past election day in this last election. So... (laughs) I, I, don't, I don't think the Cooper administration uh, has got a lot of room to talk about uh, integrity. Yeah, Josh Stein, the guy that's supposed to be representing law in North Carolina. Obviously, he doesn't. He represents Cooper in North Carolina. So uh, we will see. Um, I, 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 I seriously doubt that this will uh, be tried to... Uh, see if they can overcome the veto it it passed strictly on party lines 
um, Paul Newton, who was the primary sponsor of the bill, said election day should be the election deadline because it boasts confidence in elections to have results as close to the end of voting as possible. Newton said in a statement, why is it? I mean, you've got weeks to get your absentee ballot in. If you're concerned about it not getting in in time, hand deliver it in plenty of time or do it early enough that you know it's going to get there in time. And by the way, there is something like um, how many states? It's more than 32 states. 32 states have the same law on their books that your absentee ballot got to be in and it will be counted by Election Day. Otherwise, sorry, we're going to toss your ballot. 32 states out of 50. And yet our governor somehow thinks this is this is a violation of integrity. The Epic Times is reporting that Germany announced today a national lockdown for unvaccinated. This is this is unbelievable. And, and but did you see the story out in Australia? They actually have compounds that you must go to to be quarantined. Uh, do they not trust their people that much? I mean, first of all, the quarantine stuff is over the top. And this Omicron virus, again, this just smacks of authoritarianism. It smacks that, oh, we're going we're gonna to do everything to rule with an iron fist. We're going to show you people that you must obey us. Uh, is, is this all in preparation for the next midterm election? What kind of shenanigans will we see happen? I, I promise you, you're going to see shenanigans in this next election. Three teenagers were over in this compound in Australia, and they climbed the fence to get out. They wanted their freedom. Police went out to find and arrest three teenagers who decided they didn't want to stay in a compound that was quarantine, quarantining them for COVID. That was their crime. They were literally arrested. I thought Australia had some common sense. Not impressive. Anyway, getting back to the epic time story in Germany, uh, exiting Chancellor Angelica Merkel announced today that Germany will lock down unvaccinated people as top officials also signaled that they would back plans for mandatory vaccinations in the coming months. I'm not making it up. Merkel said individuals who aren't vaccinated for COVID-19 will be excluded from non-essential stores and cultural and recreational venues. Germany's parliament will also consider a general vaccination mandate. Critics of the vaccine passports, which have drawn weekly protests across Europe, have said they unjustly create a two-tiered system of unvaccinated and vaccinated people. Concerns have been raised about whether vaccine passports could be expanded to become a social credit system and whether the mass collection of vaccination data could breach individual privacy rights. In recent weeks, Austria and Greece have announced that vaccinations will be mandatory for everyone aged 60 and older, those who refuse to get 60 and older, those dangerous elderly people. I, I mean, why would you, why 60 and older? So you're, you're saying we think 
you're going to die if you don't get vaccinated. So therefore, we're going to force you to get vaccinated. Do the people not have the ability to make that choice for themselves? Those who refuse to get vaccinated will face fines for each passing month. The Greek government started uh, started that earlier this week. You know, isn't isn't Greek up to their uh, Greece up to their eyes in uh, debt? <laughs> Is this how they're going to get out of debt? However, such rules may be extended to other European Union countries," said European Commission President Osro van den Linen. Said that yesterday. You know, wow. So you're going to have someone outside your country tell you you've got to be vaccinated, otherwise we're going to take away your rights. And in Australia, if 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 you're just exposed to some, these these three boys that escape the teenagers that escape the the compound the concentration camp they didn't even test positive they tested negative but they said ah you were exposed so we're going to put you in this uh, compound uh, how many people are exposed to other people who have covid on a daily basis and don't even know it and yet you're going to test them test negative but well, we think you came in contact so you got to go in the compound uh, this is scary. Uh, it'd be humorous if it wasn't for the fact that it, it is rather scary. And uh, you have these authoritarian nuts that think they need to rule the world with an iron fist. And by golly, they're trying their best to do that. In Germany, now, a lot of European countries are looking at natural immunity the same as the vaccine. Apparently, Germany is not. I see nothing in this Epic Times story about um, natural immunity through having COVID. But they continue to say they're all about the science. But they continue to flush the silent science down the toilet. 26 Republican senators today introduced legislation to stop President Biden's plan to hand out up to $450,000 to each illegal immigrant who broke the nation's laws and was separated from a family member as a consequence of illegally entering the United States. This out of town hall, the bill titled Protect American Taxpayer Dollars from Illegal Immigration Act was introduced by Senators Tom Tillis of North Carolina. And once in a while, Tom does something right. And Tom Cotton, as well as John Cornyn of Texas and Republican leader Mitch McConnell. This bill would ensure no federal dollars could be handled, handed over to illegal immigrants in the pockets of the American taxpayer. If Biden's plan isn't stopped, they warn hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers could be directed to individuals whose first action arriving in the United States was breaking the law. Our southern border is a disaster, and President Biden failed policies have continued to fuel this ongoing crisis, said Tillis, pointing out we see the most illegal immigration this year alone than ever recorded, and now President Biden wants to give illegal immigrants a payout, further rewarding lawlessness and chaos, he added. I am proud to work with my colleagues to make sure this doesn't happen. That's great, Tom, but why did you vote for the infrastructure bill? And and is is... I'm sorry. There is so much garbage in the infrastructure bill. You talk about the waste of hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers' money. Why did you vote for the infrastructure bill? I know we need infrastructure, but I mean, that that was at 1.3 trillion. It's probably going to be at least twice that, maybe three times that. 
and only 10% of it is for true infrastructure. And you got all kinds of garbage in there about human infrastructure. And if I'm not mistaken, I think some of that human infrastructure money goes to illegal immigrants. I mean, thanks for doing this, but why did you vote for the infrastructure bill, Tom? I, I will say that there is a uh, 26 total senators jumped in on this. Actually, it's probably more than that. Because uh, if you count uh, Tom Tills, John Cornyn, Mitch McConnell, and Tom Cotton, um, it looks like it'd be a total of uh, 20, 29. But you've got uh, Josh Hawley in there, um, Lindsey Graham from South Carolina. Who knows where Lindsey stands? Uh, you've got a number of uh, uh, Tommy Tuberville from uh, Alabama. So you've got a, num- a, a real mixed bag. You've got Mitt, Mitt Romney's in there as well. <laughs> Leave it to Joe Biden to finally get the Republicans to all agree on something. He, he comes up with something so bad that uh, all Republicans can agree this isn't good. By the way, did you see uh, we were talking about um, in, in great detail yesterday about the uh, oral arguments in the Dobbs versus uh, Jackson Women's Health in front of the uh, Supreme Court yesterday? Did you see where Susan Collins from Maine came out and uh, she's all about codifying roe v wade through legislation don't be surprised if that happens because i uh, are there are there any pro-life democrats out there anymore in the senate who's the guy from pennsylvania i think he claims to be i don't know if joe manchin claims to be or not but uh you've, you've got susan collins you've probably got lisa murkowski who knows where mitt romney would come in on this it's certainly going to pass the House. Joe would sign it. So I, if if the Supreme Court rules in favor of Mississippi, which I think they will, I, I don't know that they're I, – I honestly do not think that the Supreme Court is going to uh, say, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to toss Roe v. Wade. I don't think they're going to reverse Roe v. Wade. I do think they will uh, affirm the Mississippi law. Now – even that does not is not going to mandate that all states need to lower their viability limits to 15 weeks. I think the only thing the Supreme Court will do, well, we won't know until next June, but I think what the Supreme Court will do is they will say, uh, Mississippi, you can continue to uh, abide by the 15-week limit on the viability. Now, you've also got the Texas law coming up, which is six weeks. It's the heartbeat bill. Uh, It'll be interesting to see whether or not they say to Texas, okay, Mississippi, you can have 15 weeks. Texas, you can have six weeks, which in essence would be handing back to the states without, without tossing Roe v. Wade, it would be handing back to the states the ability to control their abortion laws. The, uh, my hunch is that, that that's what they'll do. I do think you will probably see Judge Thomas vote with the majority of conservatives, but I also think he will issue an opinion that will state something about how he feels like that Roe v. Wade needs to be tossed completely. We'll see. Got a few more things to say about that. The view, those brilliant scholars constitutional scholars on the view they chimed in uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> lots more to talk about <laughs> it is a joke talk about that and much more news and views for a political trivia thursday continues right after this 
This is your Drive at 5 and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in 25 minutes past the top of the hour. Uh, looks like a great weekend. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 48. Tomorrow, sunshine with a high near 70. Friday night, low around 47 with clear skies. Saturday, sunshines again. High near 69, 70 degrees. Saturday night, lower at 41. Sunday, a little cooler, but still nice. Sunshine with a high near 62. All in all, a good-looking weekend. Weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Get out there and play some golf this weekend. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, and outdoor pool, tennis, and more. The newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family and a perfect place to host your Christmas party. Give them a call, 252-752-4653, or stop by the Pro Shop at Ironwood. They've got plenty of golf apparel and equipment, all kinds of fun stuff for the golfer in your life. And here's an idea. Want something to give uh, that golfer in your family? How about uh, some golf lessons, gift certificates for that, or rounds of golf? You can do it at Ironwood Golf and Country Club, a premier country club in eastern North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina Journal, the Carolina Journal, is uh, reporting that the North Carolina Supreme Court senior associate, Justice Robin Hudson, will not seek re-election next year. Hudson announced Thursday she'll not run for another term. Now, I think she's got a legitimate reason. She's 69 years old, and there's a mandatory retirement age of 72, which means she will run for a year, and then she'll serve for about 13 months. So uh, not a whole lot of sense in doing that. But anyway, she will be um, stepping down, which means there will be a vacant seat with no one running for re-election. I would say right now that's probably a – a plus for a conservative wanting to run for that seat. Fox News is reporting the left-leaning yokels of The View. Yokels is my word, not Fox News. Uh, They weren't happy with yesterday's oral arguments with the abortion uh, issue at the Supreme Court. Uh, Naturally, the brilliant scholars from The View are much wiser than Clarence Thomas, Amy Coney Barrett, Brett Kavanaugh, Neil Gorsuch, Samuel Alito, or John Roberts. The Supreme Court on Wednesday heard oral arguments in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, where the state of Mississippi is petitioning to strike down a lower court's ruling blocking its 15-week abortion ban from taking effect. The case has implications for two longstanding Supreme Court precedents, Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And again, as I said before the break, even if Mississippi law is affirmed by the Supreme Court, that doesn't necessarily mean that Roe v. Wade and Casey will be tossed. In fact, I doubt that that will happen. After playing highlights of the Supreme Court justice remarks during Tuesday's oral argument, Whoopi Goldberg, there's a brilliant mind, erupted saying, do any of you men have any eggs or the possibility of carrying a fetus? Well, (laughs) according to you liberals, apparently they can. I mean, that's all we've been hearing for the last couple of years, right? Men can have babies. Men menstruate. (laughs) The insanity of liberalism goes beyond the pale. 
How dare you talk about fetus, what the fetus wants? You have no idea, Goldberg said. Oh, and you do. Goldberg knows exactly what the fetus wants. She goes on to say, I'm fine if you disagree with abortion. I have no problem with that. My problem is when you tell me what I need to do with my doctor and my family, how dare you? How dare you? Goldberg was particularly upset by conservative Samuel Alito's remark that a fetus has an interest in having a life. They want to save the whales and the seals, but when it comes to human life and human babies, no. Samuel Alito's remark that a fetus has an interest in having life, that doesn't change before or after viability or when an unborn child can live outside his or her mother's uterus. If Goldberg were to take the time to watch a video of an abortion taking place, and they're out there, you can just go Google it and watch it, of an abortion taking place, and you can see, you can witness the baby trying to get away from the instruments that are used, I'm sorry to be so graphic, that are used to literally cut the baby to pieces. The baby is trying to get away. You can see it with your own eyes. So therefore, Ms. Goldberg, how dare you? Co-host Sarah Haynes objected to Chief John Roberts asking why 15 weeks, the time after which abortions are currently banned in Mississippi, wasn't enough time to choose to abort. I think it's a fair question. He said, you know, that amount of time is arbitrary. It's not, Haynes said. To me, this is the difference and why viability matters. You're choosing between two lives. There's a mother and a fetus. She goes on to say, when the baby, oops, <laughs> oops, when the baby, I mean the fetus, no, she said it. She said, when the baby, yeah, it, she called it a baby. Why? Because it's a baby. And uh, by, by the way, liberals are not allowed to do those kind of things. Don't you know? Haven't you read the playbook, lady? You're not allowed to call a fetus a baby. I mean, you make those kind of statements and you're going to be on Margaret Sanger's bad naughty list. Um, she goes on to say, when the baby or the fetus is able to live outside the mother when it's viable, that becomes equal ground. Now, I have no, what does she mean? To me, the mother should be put first until the baby can survive outside. Again, to go to Amy Coney Barrett's point, have the baby and hand it over to an adoption agency. Every state has no question to ask, safe havens to hand over babies. Anna Naravo, conservative-turned-liberal commentary, scolded Republicans who voted for former President Donald Trump who wanted a conservative Supreme Court saying, be careful for what you wish for because you might get it. Navarro is one of several TV pundits who uh, rips Republicans and supports Democrats while still maintaining a GOP label. Sounds like Liz Cheney. Liberal host Sonny Hostin opposes abortion and reiterated as a Catholic, she believes a child's life begins at conception. While she added she would never confuse church and state and wouldn't impose her beliefs on others. Well, lady, by not standing for your beliefs, how does that work out for the baby? By not imposing your beliefs, how does that work out for the baby? What good are your beliefs if you don't live by them? You don't believe this stuff. If you believed it, you'd live by it. 
I mean, don't don't give us that Jimmy Carter garbage. Well, you know, I personally believe this, but I'm not going to impose my beliefs on others. They uh, look, liberals impose their beliefs on you. The post-millennial is reporting on Benny Thompson. He is, uh, Benny's from Mississippi, I believe. He's also the chairman of the January 6th committee. He was on with uh, that nice young man, Rachel Maddow. And um, he basically wants to toss the Fifth Amendment now, 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 I thought liberals were, you know, they were supposed to be the tolerant ones, right? Listen to what he says about individuals who are going to be hauled before this January 6th commission. Listen to what he says about those who would plead the fifth. But if he's saying, okay, I'll come, but I'll plead the fifth, then in some instances, that says you part and parcel uh, guilty to what occurred. Congressman Benny Thompson, uh, chairman of the January 6th investigation. Um, this is a fascinating, this is a fa- fascinating pivot point in this investigation, sir. We'll be watching closely. Thanks for helping us understand tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he helped a lot understand that. I, I, and thank you for that challenge, Rachel, to what was an asinine statement by Benny Thompson. So ben, Benny Thompson says basically, okay, well, if they come in and plead the fifth, then obviously they're guilty. In Griffin versus California in 1965, the Supreme Court upheld that a defendant uses the Fifth Amendment right not to incriminate themselves. Neither the state nor judge may use may, may make use of that right to tell the jury that silence is evidence of guilt. What did what did Benny Thompson just do? Now I know this isn't a court of law, but in the court of public opinion, what did Benny Thompson just do? He said those that are using the fifth are guilty. Thompson, from his position as chairman of the House uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's special committee, I said commission earlier, it's a committee, on the events of January 6th, has no basis to make the claim, and uh, this claim could indicate that the committee is already biased against those who have subpoenaed in their case. Of course they're biased. Nancy Pelosi wouldn't even let Kevin McCarthy have any input to who who is on the committee. It was supposed to be a bipartisan committee. Baloney. Thompson was referring specifically to Jeffrey Clark, former assistant attorney general. And uh, so he is basically saying, okay, pleading the fifth infers guilt. How about the fact that pleading the fifth, very likely, and I and I would agree with this, okay, you can drag me up here. I'll obey, I'll obey your subpoena, and you can drag me up here. But I, I'm not going to cooperate with you people. This is a sham kangaroo court. It's not a bipartisan committee. It's a joke. The Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a um, precedent – or indictment of, of a grand jury, except in cases arising in land or naval forces or in the militia. Anyway, you, the Fifth Amendment is a constitutional amendment. Um, and by the way, remember just in the Kyle Rittenhouse 
case. The assistant district attorney prosecuting the homicide against Rittenhouse tried to claim that Rittenhouse had uh, intimated uh, his own guilt when he refused to speak after he was arrested, with which Bruce Schroeder, the judge, who was a Democrat, by the way, uh, basically read this district attorney the riot act saying that you're a lawyer and you don't know the fifth amendment well apparently benny thompson doesn't know it either hey listen we're gonna take a time out but when we come back we're gonna play political trivia five six one eight two five five your category teddy roosevelt okay teddy roosevelt and uh, political trivia trivia with a uh, prize package worth uh, north of 200 bucks Give us a call, 561-8255. We'll play when we get back. Welcome back in. Time for a little political trivia. Your category, Teddy Roosevelt. Your prize package includes a free oil change for your car or pickup at Dave Davis's East Carolina Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram uh, or Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. A uh, gift certificate for Fit for Life 24, including two free training sessions with a fitness coach. A $20 gift card to Mucho Bueno Restaurant. A $20 gift card to Gwendy's Goodies Bakery in Aden. A gift card for uh, University PC Care and a gift certificate to the Ironwood Country Club. Remember, if you or anyone in your immediate family have won recently, let 60 days pass before you play again. First up, we've got uh, Craig from Hubert. Hey, Craig. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. You ready to play? Let's do it. All right. Your category, Teddy Roosevelt. Here's your question. When Teddy Roosevelt spent his first Christmas in the White House as president in 1901, why would many Americans have thought of him as being a Scrooge? Um, well, I'm going to go out on a limb here. He, he didn't put up a Christmas tree. That's it! I said it was going to go quick. Teddy Roosevelt banned Christmas trees from the White House. He was a conservative. I, 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 he was a conservationist, I should say. And is responding to significant editorial opposition to cutting down trees. Uh, despite that, the next year his son went out and got a Christmas tree and put it up in his room. But uh, congratulations, Craig, from Hubert. Hang on the line. That was quick. Uh, Clark's going to get all your information, and we'll get you those uh, goodies out. I said it would go quick. Should have called earlier. Thanks for playing. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Yeah, my wife just texted me that I was talking over the ads. <laughs> That's not my fault. Blame Clark. That's right. <laughs> uh, congratulations to Craig Towell of Hubert, North Carolina. He was our political trivia winner. Teddy Roosevelt. He didn't uh, think it was right to uh, cut down trees. He thought it would lead to deforestation. And uh, despite his objections, his son Archie cut down a small tree from the White House lawn and uh, placed it in his bedroom. During his second administration, Roosevelt was talk, uh, told by Gifford Pennock of the U.S. Forest Service that the cutting of Christmas trees was not harmful, so he allowed a tree upstairs, but 
He didn't want to ruin his image, so he did not allow any publicity or the tree to be photographed. I guess he wanted to be known as a, uh, yeah, me, as a conf- conservationist. But anyway, he gave in to Archie and the family. Interesting new poll from the Carolina Journal. Is, what, what really makes this interesting is I ran for the state Senate back in 1996. And one of the things I ran on was school choice. That I thought that parents, regardless of their income, ought to have, and I didn't care whether it was a voucher or a tuition tax credit, which would, which would ever be the easiest. But uh, I thought school choice was a good idea. I got a lot of flack for it. Uh, I think I was ahead of my time, though. According to a new poll from a statewide school choice advocacy group, it shows that nearly two-thirds of likely general election voters in North Carolina support the Opportunity Scholarship Program. 62% of respondents favor the scholarship compared to 28% who oppose it. The poll was commissioned by Parents of Educational Freedom in North Carolina. They found an enthusiasm gap as well, with 36% of those in favor of opportunity scholarships expressing that they strongly support, compared to 18% of those who strongly disagree with it. Opportunity scholarships are valued to up to this year, this new budget, actually be 2022, $5,900 a year. Uh, They will also expand the number of families that could qualify for these you might want to look into it mom or dad uh you might be surprised that you could be qualifying for one of these opportunity scholarships the poll found that the majority of parents would prefer to send their child to a non-traditional public school if cost and geography weren't factors so in other words a lot of folks that don't think they can afford it that would be their preference what does that tell you stop and think about this $5,900 $5,900 a year, how much would we spend if that child was going to public school and taxpayer money? It's a lot more than $5,900, I can tell you that. The survey also addressed election-related matters, including voters' viewpoint on the two open seats in North Carolina's Supreme Court in the 2022 midterms. And just talk about um, the one uh, who's retiring. That might make three. Um, On that question, the survey found that respondents were two to one opposed to the idea of the North Carolina Supreme Court declaring scholarships unconstitutional. How in the world could they do that? Respondents reported they would vote for a Republican rather than a Democrat for the two open seats by a 51 percent to 39 percent margin. As for likely voters' views on teachers' unions, 39% had an unfavorable view compared to 36% with a favorable view favorable view, 20% with no opinion. Dr. Terry Stoops, the director of the Center for Effective Education for the John Locke Foundation and addressing school choice, he said, opponents of parental school choice are hilarious out, out of touch with mainstream support for public and private educational options. School choice is an election issue. Those who openly support it are more likely to win. Those who vocally oppose it are more likely to lose. Candidates for elected office should orient their campaigns accordingly. There you go. So uh, I, I ordered my campaign accordingly. I was just 25 years too early. That's all. Um, 
have you been following at all the situation with the Jesse Smollett trial in Chicago? It got underway this week. One of the key arguments from Smollett's defense team, which amusingly continues to frame their client as, quote, the real victim, is that police rushed to judgment and failed to do due diligence before wrongly concluding that the alleged crime was a hoax. That contention blew up in their faces as Chicago officials testified in great detail just how many resources and how much time they devoted to the case. A big oops. According to the Chicago Police Department lead investigator, he testified that it was not a rush to judgment, that 24 to 26 detectives and officers were used on the case, 3,000 hours spent investigating, watching over 1,500 hours of video. Uh, it, It even gets more, well, not good for Smollett, let's put it this way. There is now evidence that Smollett and his two fellows that pulled the hoax that it was caught on videotape doing a dry run. (laughs) I'm not making it up. So the night that they said, you know, it really happened. It really happened. They have videotape from security cameras in the area that have them going through this whole escapade, a, a dry run the night before they actually tried to pull it off. And, um, Part of the testimony, one of the guys that was hired by Smollett, quote, he said, I w- he, he is saying that Smollett said, I want you to attack me, but when you hit me, I want you to kind of pull your punches a bit because I don't want to get seriously hurt. The three men went on a dry run before the attack, part of which was captured on the surveillance camera. Smollett's Mercedes can be seen circling the um Streeterville intersection showing the brothers the area where he wanted the attack to occur. Can't make it up. Dave Chappelle has some commentary on the Jesse Smollett event. Apparently, when he's walking down the street late at night, two white men came out of the shadows uh, with MAGA hats on, beat him up, tied a rope around his neck, called him all kinds, and put some bleach on him and ran off into the night. This shit was like international news. And everybody was furious, especially in Hollywood. It's all over everybody's Twitter feed and Instagram page. Justice for Juicy and all this. <laughs> the whole country was up in arms. He was talking about it all the time on the news. And, and for some reason, African Americans, we were like oddly quiet. <laughs> we were so quiet about it. The, the gay community started accusing African-American community of being homophobic for not supporting him. What they didn't understand is that we were supporting him with our silence. Because we understood that this was clearly lying. None of these details added up at all. He said he's walking down the street in Chicago and and, uh, white dudes come up to him and say, hey man, aren't you that from Empire? 
Does that sound like how white people talk? I know white people. They don't talk like that. We never say that. It sounds like something that I would say. Black people never feel sorry for the police, but this time we even felt sorry for the police. Can you imagine if you was a police veteran taking this kid's police report? Okay, Mr. Smoulier, please tell me what happened. All right, 2 a.m. You left the house at 2 a.m. It's minus 16 degrees. All right. You were walking. You were walking. All right. And, and where were you going? Subway. Sandwiches? That's when the men approach you? Did you see them? Do you have any? Okay, what, what do they have on? MAGA hats! MAGA hats on in Chicago? Excuse me one second, Mr. Smoulier. Frank, come here for a second. find out where Kanye West was last night. <laughs> Dave Chappelle's comments there, that was funny. Uh, but but it, it, the truth is always funny when somebody like Jesse Smollett tries to pull off something so ridiculous. <laughs> I, I mean, it really does go to show you how these people that make it big in Hollywood don't necessarily have, they're, they're not the brightest bulb in the pack. By the way, Dave Chappelle, he went back to uh, his alma mater and uh, he was at the Duke Ellington School of Arts in D.C. and had a performance. And of course, you know, now the woke crowd is all over his case. Nonetheless, 600 students packed the house to watch him perform. And how many people were upset with Dave Chappelle that he would come and speak? Eight. Eight. That was it. Total number of students triggered by triggered by Dave Chappelle. Uh, eight. Uh, yeah, six hundred loved him. Eight were upset, and frankly, how upset could they possibly have been? Hey, thanks for being with us. Congratulations again to uh, Greg Tal, our political trivia winner. And by the way, if you don't have anything to do in the next thirty minutes, head on down to Aden. The Christmas parade starts at six thirty. All kinds of festivities and goodies to eat. And uh, go see Santa. Christmas parade starts in about uh, 34 minutes in Aiden. Thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.